What is going on, everybody? It is your man's Jose Ledesma back on the mic. Uh, I know I wasn't here for my last week's episode, but you know what? We're going to start this week off fresh on this Tuesday night, and we're going to recap all of last week, which was week eight, and then after that, you know what? I think that's all we're going to do today. Yeah, we're just going to recap week eight. Uh, I'll do a week nine Thursday night video, a quick little video of Thursday night, how that's going to go. Uh, probably on Wednesday, so tune in for that. But for now, we're just going to go over week eight. Very entertaining week, very interesting week. So without further ado, let us get started. Atlanta beat Carolina 25-17. Very fun game, very offensive game. Carolina had a good game plan, but in the end, Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't execute, and Matt Ryan in that defense was able to hold on for Atlanta. So a good game for them. Off to the Raiders and the Browns. Raiders won 16-6. This was a big shocker to me. I didn't expect the Las Vegas Raiders to honestly beat the Browns, let alone in the in the way they beat the Browns. Um, this is They really just played defense, really good defense, and their car and that offense did enough to get by. Uh, score was 16-6. I mean, Raiders defense, I don't think they've given up this – I don't think they've given up this few points, as in only given up six to the Browns in like almost 10 years, I think it's been. Um, actually, you know, I have it right here in front of me. Fewest points allowed since 2012. That's crazy. I mean, that just shows you how bad their defense has been, or, you know, I mean, just maybe things haven't gone their way for that long, or their defense you know, just hasn't been up that good. Uh, but they really just showed up, and I think this was a great game for John Gruden. I think he really showed out this game. Uh, to prove why he's earning that $10 million a year contract. And it was a great game plan by him. And uh, if they can continue this, they can really get things going for a playoff race. Vikings shocked and upsetted the Green Bay Packers 28-22. I mean, it was Dalvin Cook. <laughs> that's, that's literally all it was. I mean, Kirk Cousins didn't have a pass further than 10 yards. So, I mean, this honestly just tells you that the Green Bay's defense is not that good, especially against the run. It's trash, which I've already mentioned, which in my other video uh, later on about the Thursday night game, I'll mention why I think Green Bay will struggle mightily um, on Thursday night against the 49ers. But, yeah, it was Dalvin Cook, and, and that was it. So, great game by the Vikings, um, and Green Bay fell asleep. Off to the Colts versus the Lions. Colts put it up on the Lions, 41-21. Matt Stafford could not come back from this one. I mean, Colts' defense was all over him. uh, And also Matt Stafford just couldn't really get anything going. And Phillip Rivers just kind of got lucky on a couple things. You know, he just kind of got going. And the offensive line is obviously a great help. So, great game by Colts. Um, now looking like they're actually might, it's weird. They're very seesaw type of team. Uh, they can be really good or really bad. I mean, it just depends on what day you get them on in this game. They were really good, obviously off to the Titans and the Bengals Bengals upset the Titans 31 20. I mean, hell Joe Burrow, like we've been saying all year is a special player. We know that, but man, man, I did not think. He would do this to Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's defense is actually pretty solid, and there's a reason why Tennessee is cutting all these players on their team because on the defensive side especially because that side of the ball right now is disappointing the hell out of 
of Mike Vrabel. Um, he let go of Isaiah Wilson, defense tackle. He let go of Vince, uh, uh, Vic Beasley, guy that signed in free agency. And if I was Jadavian Clowney, I'd look out because he might get his butt cut too. I mean, they're not playing no games right now when it comes to trying to get better on that side of the ball. And also Jonathan Joseph, a 15-year veteran, they cut him as well. Joe, but Joe Burrow, back to him, man. He's just, he's literally, like I've been saying all year, that dude. He is something else, man. If he can carry the Bengals to beat the Titans, I mean, watch out next year or the next couple of years when they actually get some damn talent around him. Chiefs routed the Jets 35-9. I mean, I don't even really count those field goals, honestly. I just think this was a 35-9 game, but... Sam Donald, man, he's literally around a nothing but a bunch of trash. I mean, straight dookie. And it's not like he's playing great either. I mean, he obviously, there's a reason why they can only muster up nine points too. So it's not all on Sam, but it's not all on, on the team either. You know, there, there's a blame on both sides. But I mainly put this blame on the Jets as a team and as a coaching staff, especially the Adam Gase as the head coach. Why he's still not fired yet, who knows, man. He might have some blackmail on the ownership or something for him to be able to stick around this long, honestly. Patriots lost to the Bills 24-21. I mean, this was a heck of a game. I mean, you knew the Patriots were going to match up better against the Bills than they did against the Niners last week. Um, because of the fact the Bills don't have a running game, man. And then the Patriots are built to stop the pass, and that's what Josh Allen and the Bills are trying to do right now. They're trying to be a pass-first team, and I knew it was going to struggle, and Cam Newton in this offense was able to get some things going and was able to run the ball effectively, but in the end, Buffalo just had to had the game-winning kick, and that was all she wrote, basically. I mean, really good game, though. I mean, it's frustrating to see the Patriots like this because I'm a huge fan of Bill Belichick. Um but, hey, it just proves that Tom Brady really is the GOAT. And I'm not saying Bill Belichick isn't because he is the GOAT of coaches. But it just really proves that Tom Brady is sorely missed. Off to the another big upset we had this past week. The Dolphins smashed the Rams 28-17. I mean, I watched this game, most of this game, um, and live. And, and as I was watching, I was just in shock. I mean... It's crazy. Miami is just really a team that could really make the playoffs, and no one really expected them to. I mean, they're they're really a dangerous team, and they're built to stop teams like the Rams and 49ers. The the way that their defense is, talent, and front-wise, their, their fronts that they like to run, it's built to stop these zone-running teams like the Rams and the 49ers, which is why the Riners and these Rams have struggled mightily against the Dolphins. They, they're just... They're stacking the box with a lot of defensive linemen and, 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 and stopping the stretch zones, uh, getting to the corners and whatnot, and they're really just playing man coverage on the back end. And their receivers on both teams are just were struggling to get open in these last two games. Plus, the team, the Rams, though, just had some special team mishaps. And obviously, Jared Goff struggled mightily with the running game not getting going. Uh, and Tua looked okay. Tua time officially happened this game, and he looked okay. He obviously wasn't the reason he won. They won. The Dolphins as a team demolished the Rams. So great game by the Dolphins. Um, but yeah, I mean the Dolphins are serious. I mean, as long as Tua can continue to develop, uh, Miami should be very dangerous in the upcoming years.
with Brian Flores as the head man over there. Off to the best game of the week. Definitely was between the Steelers and the Ravens. I mean, it was starting to look like the Steelers were going to run away with this game up until the mistakes by uh, by uh, Big Ben. And obviously, it's crazy because Baltimore as a whole outran Steelers by, oh my God, like over 200. He had 250 some rushing yards on the Steelers. But it's just crazy because Lamar, man, he just, I don't know what it is. He just struggles against the Steelers and he struggles against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Everybody else, he's he's almost, he's basically perfect. He, he, he can do no wrong against everybody else. But the NFL's catching up to him, man, and he's not adjusting. And he just looks, he doesn't look like a, a quarterback back there. He just always looks to run. He doesn't go through his pro- progressions. He doesn't trust his receivers. Um, and unless it's Mark Andrews, good luck. I mean, that's really the only guy he looks to throw it to is Mark Andrews. Um, but he does need more receiver help. So this offseason, the Ravens need to definitely bring in a big-name free agent or something like that to help on the receiving end. But it's not like it's, it's a bad receiving core. It's it's a good receiving core. just needs to be better. Um, Lamar Jackson, though, definitely needs to be better. Um, he just struggles against those the Chiefs and the Steelers. I don't know what it is, but they have his number. And Steelers honestly had no business winning this game. I mean, it was Lamar Jackson and his mistakes was what gave the Steelers the chance to take away, come away with the win. So, 20, oh, yeah, and 28-24 was the, was the score. Um, good game by the Steelers, though. Second time in history. They're 7-0 since the 70s, back when they won, you know I mean, those Super Bowls with the Steel Curtain. Great uh, great season so far by Mike Tomlin, man. He's really kicking butt for the Steelers. Um, big Ben is honestly the weakest point of this team, but it's ironic because without him last year, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. And then this year, they're undefeated. So, go figure, right? Um, off to the Chargers and the Broncos. Broncos sneaked out of there with a W with the score of 31-30. Um, this was a hell of a game, though, man. I mean, the problem is, though, Justin Herbert and the Chargers, yet again, cough up a 16-point lead. Um, choke, man, they're choking almost every game. They're choking every game the last month. I don't know what's going on. They need to figure some stuff out, man. Or maybe it's coaching. Who knows, man? So unless they can get it figured out, um, Anthony Lynn, as much as I hate to say it, because I like him actually as a head coach and as a call play caller, um, he might get fired. I mean, that's just the reality we're looking at. When you have a quarterback that's playing as well as he is and you're still giving up these crazy leads like Dan Quinn was doing before he got fired, then – I mean, you might get fired, man. Sad to say because I like Anthony Lynn. But Denver, man, he snuck out of there with a win. Drew Locke played okay. Uh, the running game was was pretty good. They got some things going on offense. Um, that defense just didn't make the stands that I thought they were against um, Justin Herbert. It just pr- continues to prove that Justin Herbert is that dude like Joe Burrow. So very fun game, though, very entertaining. Uh, another really good game, but I, I knew it was going to be close because of the fact the Saints don't have their weapons besides Kamara, uh, and that was the Saints and the Bears in Chicago. Saints won in overtime, 26-23. to 23. Um, And Bears, it's funny, man. They actually had a chance to win it in the end, but Nick Foles, man, he struggled mightily this game. Mightily. People are even saying that they should go back to Mitch Trubisky. I wouldn't say that. It, it's funny because... 
the problems with with Mitch Trubisky is the complete opposite with Nick Foles. It's if only they could combine those two into one quarterback, it would be the perfect quarterback for the Bears. Because with Mitch Trubisky, he wasn't he wasn't really a quarterback. He just would run all the time, um, and wouldn't look to throw the ball consistently, and would abandon plays to just to run. But with Nick Foles, it's different. He holds on to it too long, trying to make a play because he doesn't want to run. He, it's he he had he had open lane he has open lanes to run, but he just refuses to because he wants to throw the ball deep. I mean, if only these guys could be combining the one quarterback uh, with Nick Foles having Trubisky's athleticism to be able to run, or um, Nick Foles throwing ability inside of Mitch Trubisky, then you would have the Bears' best quarterback. It's it's frustrating if I was a Bears. It, it would be frustrating if I was a Bears fan, but it was a good game. Uh, went into overtime like I already mentioned. Drew Brees and, and Alvin Kamara snuck out of there, man. 26-23. Uh, to the god-awful Sunday night game, um, I don't think anybody in their right mind had the Cal- Dallas Cowboys winning. Uh, nor I don't think they will win next week, but that will obviously be in my later episode with Andy Dalton being out for COVID. Um, but, yeah, 23-9 Eagles. Uh, Eagles now in first place in the NFC East with a 3-4-1 record. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. They're actually winning the division, and it's it's sad, honestly. Uh, obviously, Dallas couldn't get anything going on offense with Ben DiNucci playing quarterback and Ezekiel Elliott just not getting going with the offensive line being bad. Uh, obviously, the defense of Dallas is bad. But Chris uh, Carson Wentz was bad, too, this game. He just so happened to get the W at the end just because his overall roster and team is better right now um, with the three or four turnovers this game. Carson Wentz, man, is playing really sloppy. He's just getting away with it because he's playing the Cowboys, the football team, and, you know, stuff like that. So crazy, man. 23-9 Eagles. To the Buccaneers and Saints. Uh, Buccaneers won 25-23. This is crazy, man. I mean, the Giants, I like the Giants. Y'all can say whatever you want because of their 1-7 start, but I actually like the Giants and where they're heading. They're actually on the right track. They're giving teams a tough time. They're not winning the games, but they're giving teams a tough time under first-year head coach Joe Judge, who I was scrutinizing a lot before the season started. Um, I was talking a lot of smack on why they would hire that guy. Uh, he's not the right guy, blah, blah, blah. But he actually might be the right guy. I mean, obviously, it's still yet to be seen. we got to give it another year or so to before to really make that judgment. But it's looking like it's heading that right direction. Had it not been Daniel Jones pulling Daniel Jones things at the end of the games with the turnovers and the mishaps, the Giants would have actually beaten the Buccaneers, who honestly probably weren't even thinking about this game. I mean, I know it's weird to say because you're a paid athlete and you're obviously supposed to think about the game you're about to play, but um, some athletes in any sport usually tend to over to look over games uh, to anticipate the next game, which is which for the Bucks is the Saints in Tampa Bay, against the Saints in Tampa Bay. Uh, so I can see how they were looking over the Giants, wasn't really thinking they would give them any issues uh, because they're so excited to play the Saints again after losing to them week one. And the Giants was giving them some punches. They were hitting, they were giving them some licks. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Giants, man, they're continuing to improve. They just got to learn to close. Um, Daniel Jones is okay. Uh, it, it does hurt to have no Saquon Barkley, though, and not a great 
offensive line and weapons, but he's making it happen. The Giants defense is what I'm really liking, honestly, and what's really improving week to week. Um, For the future of the Giants, I would be excited if I was a Giants fan, though. And that is it for the week eight recap. Um, We actually, you know what? Let's do Thursday night football thoughts. We have some extra time. Let's do that. So Thursday night, 49ers versus the Packers in Santa Clara. Packers are five and two, had a huge upset done to them by the Vikings. Um, honestly, it wasn't even the Vikings. It was Dalvin Cook. <laughs> and then the 49ers coming off the huge loss from Seattle. Um, Jimmy G obviously is done for the season or at least until at least a month. Reports have said, and Kittle is basically done for the year. He's out at least eight weeks. So unless the Niners make a strong push for the playoffs, he's not coming back. Um, that's just two more players, man. And and money-wise and total players-wise, it's a total of like 15 or 16 players on IR for the 49ers. And every position that ha- every position on the 49ers um, and, 90, and, and most of them are starters have had injuries except punter and kicker. Both safeties have been out. Corners have been out. Linebackers, besides uh, Fred Warner, actually no, Fred Warner was out for one for one uh, game or half a game. Um, but yeah, I'll just say for, except uh, Fred Warner um, because Drake Greenlaw was out and Quan was out uh, until he got traded, and that was another thing I forgot to mention. Uh, Quan Alexander traded to the Saints for a fifth round pick. Good moves on both sides. I think they both won the trade. Saints get a talented player. 49ers get to save up cap space for a move in the offseason. Good move by both of them. Not mad at it. I actually was glad Quan was out because Dre Greenlaw is a better player and a whole hell of a lot cheaper uh, than Quan Alexander. But back to what I was saying about the game on Thursday night. So, Dalvin Cook and them destroyed the Packers. We all know that. Jimmy G is out for basically more than likely the year. Kittle's out for base of the year, and O-line has been injured for the Niners. Running backs have been injured. Um, tight end Matt with George Kittle has been injured. Uh, offensive line, obviously, has been injured. Defensive line with Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and those guys have been injured. I mean, there's. I don't know how the 49ers are even... I respect what Shanahan and Sala are, are able to do with the guys they have um, because the fact that you keep losing starters at all, at every position and you're at least able to stay competitive. Obviously, the Seahawks game didn't seem competitive because at one point it was they were up by like 23, 25, the Seattle was, until Nick Foles came in and put up some points. Um, but besides that, in the Dolphins game, I mean, the, the Niners have been in every game. Um, they just, you know, it's just some point you lose and some point you win with these type of injuries. And also, I just want to say one more thing, too, about the 49ers. Please trade Jimmy G. I mean, I know we couldn't trade him because of the fact he was injured right before the trade deadline. But please, in the offseason, Shanahan, John Lynch, please get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. Please. And I'm saying this loud and clear. But don't do it for no Kirk Cousins or no Matt Ryan. You either get Matt Stafford or you get a quarterback in the draft. Or a Sam Darnold. I like those three options. Don't go out and over and get an overpaid Matt Ryan. Don't go out and get an overpaid Kirk Cousins. Get Matt Ryan, uh, Matt, uh, Matt Stafford, Sam Darnold, or draft a quarterback. Please, for the love of God, Shanahan and Lynch, get rid of Jimmy. I don't care if you get a six for him. Get rid of him. His time is done in Santa Clara. It's over. Jimmy has not been healthy. 
And when he is healthy, it's a mixed bag. You don't know what you're going to get. You know, not to make a reference to Forrest Gump, but you really don't know what you're going to get with Jimmy. It's Jackal and Hyde. One game, like the Saints game last year, he'll have 400 yards, four touchdowns, and have a quarterback rating of 120 or 130. And then in other games, uh, like this year against the damn Dolphins or this past game against the Seahawks where he just looks scared as shit and he fucking throws ducks every play. For the love of God, get rid of Jimmy, man. Um, But anyway, I just had to let that out, had to vent. Uh, Packers, though, got exposed against the Vikings, obviously, with the running game, which has always been a problem with the Packers. They've never been able to stop the run, um, and which is why the 49ers were able to expose them twice last year. And I think that's going to continue. I think the Niners are going to upset the Packers at home because the Packers have no running backs. Aaron Jones is out. Jamal Williams is out. So it's down. And and Dylan is out because he had COVID. So it's down to their fourth string running back, uh, Irving. And you got injuries on the offensive line and on the defensive side overall in general. So I think the Packers are primed for picking right now. And with the Niners already having dealt with injuries and with Nick Mullins having experience in the system, um, as long as the O-line can protect Nick Mullins, there should be no reason why the 49ers can't beat the Packers on Thursday night. Um, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to have his plays here and there. But as long as we can continue to put pressure on Aaron Rodgers like we did last year, um, and as long as we can run the ball offensively and protect Nick, should be no reason why we can't win this game. I mean, 49ers, I think, are going to win 21-17. Should be a very fun game, though. Aaron Rodgers is obviously going to have his throws. There's no doubt about that. But as long as the O-line can block and do their job, Niners should win this game confidently, even with Nick Mullins at quarterback, even with George Kittle out, even with all the 30 other players that are out for the 49ers. 21-17, 49ers beating the Green Bay Packers, and I stand by that decision. Well, that is it, everybody. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining me on the Jose Desmo Sports Talk Show. Um, obviously, I will change that name. It's just figuring out logistics with names and, and whether the names are t- trademarked or not. You know, got to do research. But I appreciate you guys for giving me a listen and have a beautiful Tuesday night.